You're listening to Made for Living Well, podcast number 232. And today we're talking all about the mind and understanding how we can make stress something good in our lives. Yes, turning stress something that's bad and make it good. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. My name's Alexa Sherm, and as always, this is the place where I believe you were made for living well. And here at this podcast, I want to share all of the tips and tricks to help you live out of health that is already inside of you. It's not another chase or another destination that you have to seek, but it's an action. And it's daily action that aligns with who you are, allowing you to live out your greatest purpose and passion. It's not complicated, it's not overwhelming, and in fact, it can be quite simple. And I hope at Made for Living Well, you will learn how to make health simple and create a life well lived. Now, today on the show, we have a special guest, Trudy Stone. She is an expert in the field of nutrition and stress, and we're gonna break down how can you take stress and use it for good. She has an incredible system that she uses to uh, change our view of stress and to take stressful situations and not allow them to reap havoc in our life, but to use that for good. So I'm excited to have Trudy on to learn about our system and share that with you. Now, Trudy is a certified culinary nutritionist and founder of Trudy Stone Nutrition. She's a podcast host and TV guest wellness expert who educates people about nutrition and solutions for managing stress and anxiety. From healthy habits to brain health, Trudy is passionate about empowering people to build healthier habits and unlock the power of food to build a strong and vibrant brain and body. You can learn all about Trudy at trudystone.com and check out her amazing podcast. Now, as always, I'll link all of that up in the show notes at thelivingwell.com. I also am going to share more about my story with managing stress and kind of overcoming this view of stress. I'll just be honest. I was a pain addict and I lived for pain. So over there, I'm going to show you some of the approaches that I used via Trudy's system to help transform my thoughts and to create some separation from what I think, understanding that I am not what I think. I have thoughts, but they are not me. So head on over there to check that out. And while you're there, don't forget to take the energy quiz. Honestly, I love the topic of stress and the mind because it's the number one consumer of our energy. And when our body's low in energy, things don't work as they should, right? Health becomes more complicated. It becomes trickier and we start to develop symptoms. Now, if you can learn how to fill your body with energy, you can diminish your symptoms and honestly live a vibrant, healthy, thriving life. So if you wanna take the quiz, it will rate your level of energy and it will show you where, where you are on that energy meter. And inside, I give you all kinds of tips and tricks to get you back to a state of thriving or maybe get you there for the first time in your life. So head on over to thelivingwell.com and check that out. Now, I do have something fun to announce for summer, but you're going to have to stay tuned for the end of the podcast series. We have a brand new series coming out this summer, and it's one you're going to want to check out. So all kinds of great things are coming up, but today I want to get right to Trudy and welcome her to the show. Welcome to the show, Trudy. I'm excited to have you on and talk about a subject that so many women and men the world struggles with. And that's like overcoming stress and overwhelm. And how do we break free of that while also achieving a level of success? So thank you so much for being here. 
Thanks for having me, Alexa. I love your show. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. So how did you get into the space? Like where, where does your story start with this? And like, what really made you dive into this topic? Well, I usually start with, um, you know, who knew that a visit to the bathroom could be so transformational? And that's really (laughs) where this journey started. Um, Well, while I was at work one day, I just got out of a meeting and my coworker and I, you know, we went to the bathroom. You know, when you just get out of a meeting and you kind of have like one of those chats where you're just kind of like chatting about the meeting as you're walking to the bathroom. So that's what was happening. We went in the bathroom, you know, both in our stalls doing our thing. And I'm trying to button up my pants. And that's when the worst thing happened to me. The button popped off and it flew right into the stall next to me where my coworker was. And I was completely mortified. So, you know, when that used to happen, well, that was the first time that ever happened to me. But whenever I felt my pants getting a little bit snug before, I would always like blame it on the dryer and say, okay, I knew I should have like hung it to dry. It said hung to dry or, you know, lay flat. I should have done that instead of putting in the dryer. So I'd always blame the dryer. But that time I decided that I was not going to buy bigger pants. I was not going to buy stretchy pants. And I was also faced with a dilemma of how am I going to keep my pants up for the rest of the day? (laughs) (laughs) So it was a good thing I had like a sweater at my desk. Yeah. So I just kind of like wrap my sweater around my waist and no one was the wiser. And I had to kind of bribe my coworker not to tell anybody or not to tell anybody what just happened and what she witnessed. Um, but, you know, when that happened, you know, it was a big aha moment for me because in the past, I would always lose weight and gain it back and lose weight and gain it back. And like most women, I would always lose it for a special occasion. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, you know, that was a time where I decided, you know what, something's got to give here. Trudy, you can't keep being in the cycle of just losing weight for a special occasion or just on this constant dieting hamster wheel. Um, So I started just pouring over different research studies and just seeing what was working. I'm following some of the experts, looking at studies from Harvard University to the Institute um, for the Psychology of Eating. I love their work. Um, Um, And the more that I learned was the more that I wanted to know. And I started to apply a lot of these strategies on myself. And to my surprise, I ended up losing 30 pounds. And I didn't know it at the time, but a lot of the tips and the strategies that I had developed, they actually became lifestyle habits. And that's what made it so much easier. It was challenging. I'm not going to say, you know, losing weight's not Mm -hmm. challenging, but I did find that that time it was different. Mm. It was easier because a lot of these things I learned, I actually developed them into habits. Mm. And after I lost weight, I really wanted to help other women know the importance of that brain body connection, because that was also something that I did a little bit differently as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, just how eating foods that support your brain health, you know, eating foods that make you feel good, how that just makes it so much easier for you to stick to your health goals. Right. Right. So essentially it became less of kind of this diet propaganda of you got to lose weight. And then it's kind of like your problems will be solved when really that equation doesn't work because I mean, you did it. Most people have done that, right. Where we kind of think if we just lose weight for this event, then our problems will be solved, but they just kind of come back, right? Like they, they come back with a vengeance because they're always there. So what are the, some of the things that you learned in this mind body connection that really transitioned you from a place of just losing weight for that special event, just doing the right things, quote unquote, right things, and actually making that last. 
Yeah. Well, I started to study cognitive behavioral therapy and I know this is not yeah. the typical path that people would take, but I started to study that. And I started to learn a lot about automatic negative thoughts. They're also called ants. Um, and that when you start to have those messages going around and around in your brain over and over and over again, it just makes it harder for you to stick with your healthy eating goals. Um, so an example of that could be, you know, one of them is like black and white thinking, for example. So let's say you're eating healthy and then all of a sudden maybe you came in and you eat a brownie and they're just like, oh, you know what? Like I knew I couldn't stick to this diet. You know, now that I've eaten this brownie, like all hope is lost. I might as well just, you know, get off this diet and just, you know, continue to, you know, eating, eating my brownies. Yeah. Right. So the first thing was just understanding what those automatic negative thoughts were and starting to reframe my thoughts. And that's why I developed the rise system, which I know we're going to get into. Yeah. Um, and the first step of that is really reframing your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to get into that because I was um, doing one of my group calls this week and we were just talking about retraining the mind, you know, the subject that we're talking here. And it's like, we can read so many books about this. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with this. This is kind of a side note, but sometimes you get to the end of the book and you're like, okay, now what? You know, it's almost like you want to <laughs> over complexify it. And everyone's kind of telling you the same thing, but there's a little slight wording differences. But at the same time, I have read a lot of books too. And I'm like, yeah, now, now what? Like we want that magic instant formula that right. works. And you have a rise method, which I feel like really helps to break this down into those practical things that we can do. Like it takes the knowledge and it makes it work for you. So can we get into right. the rise method, what that is, what that looks like and how to use it? Yeah, sure. So the idea behind the RISE method, Alexa, is that, you know, nobody is going to be free of stress. Stress is always going to be there, but you can master the way that you react to it and rise above it so that it no longer has this immense, you know, power or control over you. So the first step is, you know, R and R is for ruminating. And that just, you know, was just what I was talking about earlier. So ruminating is when you tend to dwell on situations or events over and over and over again, right? You replay that problem over and over again in your mind. It could be <laughs> you know, conversation you had with a colleague and maybe you said something that you shouldn't have said. So now you replay that conversation over and over and over again. Like I should have said this instead. I shouldn't have said this. Oh my God. Now that I've said this, what is this going to lead to? And we replay the situation over and over and over again. That just gets us riled up. And when we do that, we train our emotional brain. And I also, you know, like to think of the emotional brain as the inner mean girl. That's how I like to kind of refer to it because that's exactly what it is. And you train that emotional brain to become more powerful. And that makes it more likely that you're going to be spending more time in the future ruminating, right? And that's going to make you more stressed and that's going to make you more anxious. So instead I say, you know, let the energy of stress and stress really is an energy form. Let that energy of stress be the thing that drives you towards where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So don't use that energy to worry about, you know, what it is that you don't want. Right. So, you know, I don't want, um, let's say like you broke up or, you know, maybe you're going through financial difficulties or maybe you lost your job. Like, you know, we all do it too, right? We all ruminate and we have all these different thoughts, but right. when we have these negative thoughts replaying over and over and over again, we go deeper into a hole. We worry more, we stress more, and that doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the people around you and it doesn't serve your, your bigger future and your bigger vision, um, vision for yourself. Right. Yeah. So what I say is, you know, redirect that stress and turn it into a super power, 
right? And I learned this from bestselling author Dean Graziosi, and he says to point the ship of your life into the direction that you want to go, not the direction that you don't want to go. Right. So it's it's similar to the pothole analogy, right? Like if you stare at that pothole, you're going to go into the pothole. But if you stare around that pothole or past that pothole, you're more, you're more likely not to you know end up in that pothole, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you continue to spend your time on where you don't want to go, you know, again, you could spend, you know, months, years in decades, even in stress and worry and anxiety. Yeah. So that's the R. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Before we get into the next one, I do, you did mention the emotional brain and I think I just want to clarify for my audience, because I think this is, uh, we think often that our thoughts are just thoughts, you know, like they're just floating around inside our brain. They don't really have an impact, but we do have different parts of our brain. We have our thinking brain and our emotional brain. Can you just explain that a little bit more in depth just so we can start to see how our mind works a little bit? Yeah. So you have the, your emotional brain, like I talked about earlier, and then you have like, um, I guess you can call it like your logical brain or your like your, your rational brain. And that's more like fact-based. So dealing mm-hmm. with more like facts, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Totally. So the emotional brain is that rumination part that keeps us dwelling in those negative experiences. The things, like you said, the, the inner mean girl, which I love that analogy because it really does <laughs> bring light to that. So in this rumination, you kind of talked a bit at the beginning about reframing. So Will you get to that? Should we go to the I next before we get into reframing? Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the reframing now since we're still on that topic, okay. but you know, just like flipping those things on its head, like, so say for example, you know, I lost my job. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a loser. Nobody wants me. Instead of, you know, saying stuff like that, you, you flip it around. Like, yes, I've lost my job, but this could be an opportunity for me to pursue something that I've always wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. This could be an opportunity for maybe me, you know, for me to spend some time doing things that I really want to do spending th- you know, time doing things that actually really do bring me joy. Right. Or if you, like I said, if you're trying to eat healthy and maybe you fall off the wagon, you know, rather than it's just, I'm such a failure, I can never get this right. You know, hey, yeah, you know what? I took a little bit of a detour, but next time I'm going to plan ahead so that I don't give into the cookie or the ice cream or whatever it is. So it's just, you know, challenging that thought that you have. And instead of thinking that 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 thought that you're having is actual fact, challenge it and try to find a way to reframe it so Mm -hmm. that it, it puts you in a more positive state of mind and you're seeking solutions rather than, you know, just focusing on the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay. What's I? So I is for inflammation, and this is a big one, especially right now with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so stress is the cause of all inflammatory response in the body. So when you sprain your ankle, you know, that places physical stress on the body. When you have a runny nose or a cough, those are also symptoms of inflammation, right? Um, inflammation is a risk factor for more than 30 different medical illnesses like cancer, diabetes, dementia, um, and even depression as well. Okay. Um, and just so we're on the same page, like inflammation is not always like a bad thing. There's acute inflammation, which is, you know, a a natural response to some of the things I mentioned earlier, or maybe like scraping your knee or cutting a finger. So essentially just your body repairing damaged tissue, but chronic inflammation on the other hand is the one that we need to be more concerned about because that is your body's, you know, confused and damaging immune response to, you know, a barrage of different environmental factors, you know, physical and mental invaders. And these all come in the forms of things like toxic chemicals. Um, Poor diet is a big one that I'm concerned about right now as a nutritionist. And of course, stress. 
Um, and one thing that, you know, causes a lot of inflammation in the body is the standard American diet. Um, and this is the diet that most of us are eating these days that includes a lot of white flour, processed foods, sugar, and leaves very little room for, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, whole grains and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but when you eat foods that contain these chemicals and these preservatives um, that are unnatural to your body, your body almost sees that as an injury. So then inflammation is what happens because inflammation is how your body tries to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason why I say I'm, you know, kind of um, concerned about this as a nutritionist right now is because a lot of people are turning to these foods right now to help them to manage stress. A lot of these processed foods, a lot of these, you know, high sugar foods, right? Um, and a lot of these foods that people are turning to to help them manage stress are actually formulated to help to keep you hooked. And I talk about this on my podcast as well. These, these foods are called hyper palatable foods. Um, but essentially these are, you know, man-made or engineered foods that attack the very part of your brain that's actually responsible for regulating mood and stress. So this makes your problems worse in the long term and also increases your risk of serious illness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is such a, like, you know, I think some people are like, is it the chicken or the egg, right? Like, is it yeah. the stress of the emotion that causes you to eat bad? Or is it the food that causes you to think bad? And what is your take on that? Like, what do you think it's one or the other, or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it all begins with a thought, Alexa, mm -hmm. because you know, the thing is a thought leads to a feeling, which leads to an action, mm -hmm. but it all starts with a thought. Right. And that's why I include, you know, rumination in part of the rise method, because we need to heal that foundational piece first, which is the way that we're thinking about ourselves, which is the yeah. way that we're thinking about the world, because then that causes feelings that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Cause then we might feel sad, we might feel down and we might feel anxious. And then that leads to our actions, whether mm -hmm. it's turning to ice cream or cookies or, you know, alcohol or whatever your vice may be, but it all comes back to the thought. So yeah. that's why we have to start at the root first and we have to heal that, that foundation piece first. Yeah. That's so good. That's the reason I started the living well was because food is, or health is rarely just about nutrition and exercise, you know, like there's right. mind is such a major part and massive, um, energy consumer that it is the most important part. So moving on to S what's S. S is the fun part. <laughs> so S is for stress busting nutrients. Um, you know, and when we look at, you know, how we treat illnesses these days, we usually treat them with prescription drugs or risky surgeries and all of this before we stop to consider what we're putting on our plate. Right. Yeah. And that's a much less invasive form of healing. Mm -hmm. And although dietary recommendations have been, you know, suggested by experts for managing things from heart disease to diabetes, high cholesterol, you know, food really hasn't been the recommended protocol for mental health until now. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of studies coming out just showing the links between, you know, what we eat and our mood. Um, you know, there was one um, study, and you might know about this one, the SMILES trial. This was a few years ago, I think back in 2017. Um, but they had two different groups, and they put patients with severe depression who are already un undergoing treatment on a Mediterranean style diet of like, you know, um, oily fish, fish like salmon, yeah. colorful fruit and vegetables. And then they had the other group that, you know, they didn't have this diet, but they just had, um, you know, social support. Mm -hmm. 12 weeks later, the group that actually get, was fed the Mediterranean diet, they had a 
much greater reduction in depressive symptoms than the other group who didn't change their diet, but were just given that social support. Mm -hmm. So again, we're seeing a lot of, you know, um, research coming out like this, that's showing that, you know, eating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, like those that you'll find in the Mediterranean diet specifically, they can help you to live longer. They can help you to manage stress. They can help you to manage symptoms of, you know, anxiety and just minimizing your risk of cognitive decline as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do we want to talk about what some of those foods are? Yes. I was just going to ask you, can you give some, <laughs> some examples of those foods? Yeah. Um, so I like to think about these as kind of like in groups of foods. So the first one would be B vitamins. Um, when you're stressed out, it completely burns out those B vitamins in your body. Um, so vitamin B6 in particular, that helps to manufacture neurotransmitters like serotonin that make us feel good and happy. And it also helps with the body's ability to cope with symptoms of depression and stress and anxiety. So sweet potato potatoes are a great source of B vitamins. I love sweet potatoes. Can't get enough. <laughs> um, and they're also a comfort food as well that helps to really, you know, feed our soul. Um, not only do they have vitamin B6, but you're also going to get vitamin C in there as well, which is, you know, a key antioxidant. Um, so some other foods that where you can get your B vitamins or vitamin B6 in particular are um, bananas, cauliflower, garlic, cashews, um, you know, red and green peppers, spinach, um, all of those foods, you know, offer really great benefits um, for the brain and for just for helping with your overall mood. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's iron as well. Um, so iron is one of the most pivotal nutrients for your body and iron deficiency really is a common worldwide problem. And stress can also lower levels of iron in your body as well. Um, so some iron rich foods include things like um, spinach, broccoli, lentils, which I love, um, quinoa and pumpkin seeds are also a great source as well. Um, and pumpkin seeds are also a really great source of another stress busting nutrient, magnesium. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, highly recommend, you know, sprinkling those on your salads or just having them with a snack as well. Um, and then there's GABA. Um, and so GABA is gamma amino butyric acid. Um, and I don't want to get too geeky, but you know, it is an amino acid neurotransmitter that's located in the central nervous system. And that just helps us to, you know, help you to chill out and just, you know, help you to feel more calm. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can take it in supplement form, but you know, I'm a culinary nutritionist. I'm all about getting those nutrients from our foods. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can get that from cabbage, um, spinach, tomatoes, um, sesame seeds and sunflower seeds as well. Yeah. A heavy plant-based diet brings a lot of nutrient stress busting nutrients, right? To yeah. the table. Yeah. 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 And what about E? What does E look like? So E is emphasis on gut health. And this is a big one because your gut is considered to be your second brain. So it really is important that you feed it the right foods mm -hmm. because by nourishing your gut, you're also nourishing your brain. Mm -hmm. um, so that relationship between your gut and your brain is bi-directional. And that simply just means that they send messages to each other. So your gut sends messages to your brain and your brain sends messages to your gut. And this, this happens through chemicals called neurotransmitters. So, you know, nourishing the gut really is important for, you know, your mental health since the neurotransmitter serotonin that I talked about earlier that contributes to feelings of happiness is produced in the gut. Mm. Um, and your gut flora also plays an important role in producing fatty acids like butyrate, which can directly affect that function of the blood brain barrier as well. Um, and the blood brain barrier, it functions kind of the same way as, you know, the lining, like the lining of your gut, right. Um, and it protects your brain against infections and unwanted toxins as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so some of the foods that I like to eat when it comes to, you know, nourishing your gut are, you know, probiotics and prebiotics, um, you know, probiotics are beneficial bacteria bacteria while prebiotics are food for that bacteria. Mm -hmm. So, you know, prebiotics, um, 
some of the best sources are things like asparagus, um, you know, Jerusalem artichokes is a good one. Onions, leeks. I love leeks, especially in the springtime, um, dandelion greens and garlic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then probiotics, you know, you, you can find them in things like Greek yogurt, but if you are doing dairy, I always recommend organic dairy. If you can, um, kefir, sauerkraut and miso. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many ways to get this. And I think sometimes we can like look at that system and we can see people who want to try and maybe go hack into it. Right. And just take the parts that they want to do or that the world makes really important, right? Like gut health and all of that. But at the end of the day, does gut health? Yes. Anytime you fix it, it's going to matter. Don't hear me say that that's not true. But will that fix your mind problem or your thought problem? Or, you know, is it just if we don't get the, that rumination part, that first aspect right, is it really having an impact in the way that we need it to have an impact to really transform our health? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I recently just, I, we were talking about this earlier, but I recently just concluded one of the cycles of my Shed and Shred program. And this is all about, you know, getting your mind right so that your body will follow. So mm -hmm. a huge part of that is, you know, shedding those old beliefs so that you can shed the weight. Mm -hmm. um, and the clients that I had in this group, they had never done anything like that before. They'd never worked on their mindset in the way that I taught them how to do that in the group. And it really helped them to address some of those foundational reasons as to why they kept soothing themselves with food and turning to food to helping them to manage stress or challenging events in their life. So when you, again, when you address that mindset piece, not only are you going to be able to eat healthier longer, you're probably most likely not ever going to have to be on a diet again, because now you've just trained your brain to think more positively. You've trained mm -hmm. your brain to seek those solutions, right? So mm -hmm. you're not just putting on a bandaid by just, you know, having the kale salad or just going on the latest fad diet. Again, you're addressing that, that root of what the problem is. Right, right. This is so good. And especially coming off the year that we had, you know, in the midst of still what they consider a pandemic, people are under a lot of stress, you know, and, and we're at home more and we're not connecting with people and people aren't getting out. And all of that stuff is growing in importance. I mean, we're recognizing, we've always known how important that was, but what about the people who are in the middle of a pandemic feel like they are so in over their head with stress? What do you say to them? Like what message do you want to send them? I would say, take it easy on yourself. Like, first of all, you know, self-compassion, right? And, you know, I'm guilty of this as well through different things that I've been through in my life. Like we are our worst critic. Yeah. And some of the things that we say to ourselves in our head, or maybe even sometimes out loud or things that we would never say to a friend or never say to a loved one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say, you know, first of all, start with compassion because I know a lot of people right now are probably feeling like, oh my God, like I ate so bad during the pandemic. Oh my God, I haven't exercised since, you know, 2019. But I would say just, you know, again, first self-compassion and then just start small. Like, mm -hmm. what is it that you can do today? So mm -hmm. think about what it is. Think about the vision you have for yourself, your health, your life. And what is one thing that you can do today to mm -hmm. move yourself in the direction of achieving that goal? Just start small, mm -hmm. right? And with those small wins, that's when you get momentum. That's when you get motivation. And a lot of us are sitting and waiting to feel motivated. And I'm going to tell you, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, it's not like, yes, I get to work out. I'm going to work yeah. out. I'm so excited. <laughs> right. But I know how I feel after the workout. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what kind of, you know, helps me to stay motivated. But when you get these small wins, like, you know, let's say you, you work out, you know, one day a week, whereas you never worked out before, like celebrate that, like that's mm -hmm. a win. And that's going to give you that momentum and that motivation to keep keep going forward, to keep layering on different things to help you to achieve that vision. But self-compassion is key. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about at the beginning, um, just getting into stress a little bit more and using stress to your advantage. You know, I think sometimes we think like, I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do about it. And it's like, we want to escape stress, which makes us have this idea or this tainted view that life is somehow about perfection and achieving health has to be when life is perfectly in control. But the key with health is that it would be create some resilience in your body, right? Like it would, um, create that, that, ability to handle whatever life throws your way rather than kind of run from life. So how do you help people who are in the midst of stress to use stress to their advantage? Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, look at what you value. Okay. So maybe even making a list of, you know, your top five values Mm -hmm. and then look at what it is that you're actually doing in your life right now. Mm -hmm. Does it match, right? Are your values consistent with, you know, what you're actually doing right now in your life? So if there is a disconnect between what you're saying you're valuing, but then what you're actually doing, again, that's another thing that causes stress because now we feel guilty, yeah, right? And right. then of course, and that probably leads to us turning to food to help us to man, you know, manage that guilt. And then we feel guilty about eating that food. So then it's like a never ending cycle. So I, I think starting with a list of values is a really great place to start because that can really be a good gut check to say, hey, you know what? I'm saying that I value health. I'm saying that I value you know, my family or love, but then what I'm doing is not really inconsistent with that by the way that I'm talking to myself, by the foods that mm-hmm. I'm eating, um, you know, by just the, the things, the sacrifices that I'm, I'm, I'm making or not willing to make. Right. So yeah. I say, start looking at your values first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the cognitive behavior world, um, there's <laughs> a notion of letting things go is really critical. At least that was a huge turning point in my own life was like this realization that everything I encounter is not something that I have to hold or even deal with, you know? And I think a lot of times we just take on what the world's going through, or we take on what other people are going through as our own. Um, in the end, it's only harming us and not helping them in the, um, you know, either. And so how do you get through this process of like retraining your brain, reframing your brain, but also in the process of that understanding, what is yours to carry and what isn't yours to carry? Mm, that's such a good question. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I kind of take my clients through as well, and I'm not a licensed psychologist or anything by that means, but I have studied, you know, CBTs, cognitive behavioral therapy extensively, you know, and one of the, the tricks that they have is something that's called diffusion. So let's say you have that thought, I am not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just taking on that thought and embodying that thought and believing that thought, you know, stepping back and saying, I am having the thought that. Mm. I am not enough. And that just provides that one degree separation from that thought. So it's almost like you're kind of like above that thought and you're looking down at it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it just removes it from saying, I'm a failure to, I am having the thought that I am a failure, or I'm having the thought that I am not enough. Mm. Um, and you can even use that as a journaling exercise. And journaling is something that I highly recommend. Um, yeah. I've gone through some, like I talked about it earlier, I've gone through some pretty challenging times in my life. And I found that journaling, really helped. And it was something that I said, Oh my God, I don't want to write. What am I going to write a blank sheet of paper? Like that just gave me anxiety looking at a blank sheet of paper, but you know, journaling really is a great way to get all of those thoughts out of your head and onto paper. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we try to work out all of these thoughts that we're having in our head and we don't necessarily have a way to talk them out or to get them out. And sometimes, you know, even with some of us right now in the pandemic, we might be alone. We might be living alone. We might not have a family that we're, you know, isolating with, right? So journaling can be a really great way to kind of organize all of those thoughts and get them out of your head and onto paper. And if you kind of panicked at the thought of staring at a blank sheet of paper like me, I highly recommend journal prompts. 
prompts. And if you go on Pinterest and just search journal prompts, or even if a specific situation, journal prompts for anxiety, let's Mm -hmm. just to say, you're going to see so many of them come up. And that way you just write that prompt on the, you know, the top of your sheet and then just let your thoughts flow. You can even set a timer if you want for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and just let your thoughts flow. And you'll be surprised. I'm telling you, if you do this, you will be so surprised at what happens when you put that pen to paper and you will feel better afterwards because it's it's like, it's a release. And I think that's what it is that we're holding up all of these thoughts and feelings and they're all pent up inside of us. And we just need to have a vehicle to release them. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps, um, allow your logical brain, your thinking brain to have some input into once they're written out, what is true and what's not, because just because we think it doesn't mean it's true. In fact, very little, some people would argue of what we think is actually based in truth. Most, I mean, every thought is just a perspective. And I think that's really important. And it sounds so silly. Like, I think when I talk to people about the mind, we don't realize those little things of having a thought and how quickly we are to accept that thought as truth. Like the Mm -hmm. difference between saying, I feel like a failure or I'm acting like a failure versus I'm having the thought that I'm a failure. One Mm -hmm. is I'm acknowledging the other is you're accepting that as true. And we act out of those thoughts, which becomes such a damaging cycle to get in. And Mm -hmm. I think it is like that point where it's almost unrecognizable how small of a change that is, but how massive of an impact that is because we're acting out of what it is that we're thinking, you know, like every Mm -hmm. action is coming directly, like you said, from what we're thinking. Um, And so that's why I love the journaling aspect too, is just because sometimes we don't realize the things that we're telling ourselves, but there is a difference, correct? Between awareness and acceptance, acknowledging and justifying yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that. I mean, yeah. that changes your brain chemistry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, like when we have all of these thoughts that are pent up, like that can also create inflammation in the body as well. Um, we have over 30 trillion different cells in our body. And, you know, research does show us that those cells in our bodies can actually be influenced by our thoughts. Yeah. Right. And there are actually, you know, there are some studies that show that, you know, people are conflicted on this, but there are some studies that show that, you know, stress can also lead to autoimmune conditions as well. Right. So again, it is so important that we are monitoring the way that we are speaking to ourselves. It is mm-hmm. so important. It's crucial. Yeah. More than yeah. ever. Yeah. This has been so good. You also have a podcast that's called Mind Your Body. Tell us a little bit more about what you talk about on there and what you really help people do and the process of healing their body and really just making it last. Yeah. Uh, so the idea behind the mind, your body show is all about, you know, when you get your mind, right, your body will follow so much about what we've talked about here today. Um, but I share a lot of nutrition tips, stress management tips, um, you know, just how to make healthy eating easier. Cause I think a lot of people just feel so overwhelmed by eating yeah. healthy and they're just not really sure where to start. So that's some of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast. Um, from time to time, I might do a visual podcast where I might do like a recipe, um, and just kind of walk you through how I make a recipe. Um, but yeah, really, I just want people to understand that importance of, you know, the foundational piece, just getting your thoughts on your side, just becoming, you know, a a co-creator in your life by just, again, being very aware of the thoughts that you're having. Um, So we have some great guests on the show and we've had, you know, Dr. Axe on the show, which is phenomenal. Dr. Ian Smith, who was the host of the TV show, The Doctors, Um, just some really amazing guests on there as well to just kind of help us to just, you know, just do what we can every single day to just help us to, to live and feel our best. Yeah. It's so good. So I am going to encourage everyone to head over there. I will link that up in the show notes. 
But before we go, what is your last piece of advice you want to leave us with? Like if there's one thing that you would encourage us to do, what would that be? Oh, such a good question. I would say, you know, if you can develop some sort of a routine, because mm-hmm. I think if you develop a routine, it's going to help you to make those healthy changes or those lasting changes in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly re- um, suggest, you know, doing a morning ritual and a morning ritual is just that time in the morning that is for you. So when you wake up, like how we wake up and how we start our day really determines how the rest of the day will flow. So that's why I really recommend, you know, having some sort of a morning ritual from the time that you open your eyes in the morning, right? Um, You know, whether it's a five minute meditation, whether it's a journaling exercise, whatever that is for you, just starting your day in a way that is going to empower you and lift you up. It's just going to make the rest of your day just flow and it's going to make you feel so much better. Yeah. So good. Trini, it has been an honor having you on the show. I feel like we have so many more topics that we could talk about in the future. So thank you so much for being here. I will make sure and link everything up in the show notes where you can learn more about Trudy and what she does and make sure you just head on over and check out the mind your body podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks Alexa. Okay. I hope you love that as much as I did. Trudy is an amazing woman and she has so much to share. So make sure you check out all of her work at trudystone.com. And don't forget to head to the show notes where I have more information about Trudy and this podcast. I dive into my own story about understanding the mind and how I can create that disassociation pattern, taking that one degree separation outside of my thoughts so I can better understand where they're coming from and redirect them in a healthy way. So make sure you get all that information at thelivingwell.com. And while you're there, why don't you take that energy quiz? Yes, your energy is the number one factor influencing your health. And in fact, I believe it's really the only thing we need to be worried about with our health. Yes, our bodies are extremely complex, but the common denominator running through our mind, body, and soul is energy. And if you can learn how to fill yourself up to create more lasting energy inside of your body, you will also create lasting health and see all the results that you want to see. So if you want to learn more about energy and figure out where you fall on the energy diagram, head on over to thelivingwell.com and take that energy quiz. Also, don't forget this summer, we're having a sex ed conversation. Yes, all summer long, we're diving into sexual health in an appropriate and clean way, but really answering some of those deep questions that maybe you haven't even thought about. Yes, I feel like there is so much information that people need to know about sexual education and sexual wellness that's not being shared. And I want to do that all summer long. So make sure you come back here. That is launching the first week in June. But before we get to that sexual education series, we do have one more new show coming your way. So stay tuned and check back next week for that. Okay, that's it for today. Share this with your friends and family, and I will meet you back here next week.